The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald, and you're listening to True Crime Conversations on Blethered. I'm joined by Dion Bajra and we're talking about Alexander Pacto, who was sentenced to life in prison at the High Court in Glasgow in 2015 for the murder of Karen Buckley. Dion describes the timeline of events and we give our thoughts as the case unfolds throughout the episode, including our opinion on why people are so fascinated by crimes and police investigations like these. Topics and cases of this nature are obviously highly sensitive in a multitude of ways, especially when it's been so recent. We intend absolutely no disrespect to the memory of the victim or the victim's family, and we've tried our best to be as respectful and sensitive to their feelings as possible. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Cheers. Just a quick word, if you're working from home just now during the pandemic, maybe you're fighting with people in the house over Wi-Fi or space to work, you're finding that working home or merging into one and it's starting to drive you a bit mental, have a wee look at Clockwise. That's where I've got an office in Glasgow City Centre. I've been working here for just over a month now and it's been absolutely amazing uh, with how much it's helped me to focus and, and regain a wee bit of clarity. I've got an office, but there's also there's offices to rent. There's hot desks, very cheap each month. There's unlimited Wi-Fi, 24-hour access. If you've got a hot desk, you've got your own allocated desk and storage right in the middle of town, so it's easy to get to, and they're modern and comfortable offices as well. Get in touch with Clockwise via email and quote Sean McDonald Blether to them, and they'll talk you through what options are available. The links to that are available in the episode notes, or you can just Google them. Definitely worth a look. So it's something that we've spoken about a wee bit, but I'll, I'll let you explain your sort of involvement in the whole true crime thing. It's not massive, but mm-hmm. it is something you're interested in. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It all started, my mum used to watch Criminal Minds like religiously, right? And I used to come in for school and used to watch it with her and it just started there. So it's probably been the last like 11 years or something mm. that I've just been pure fascinated in true crime and like watching Criminal Minds, I was like, oh my God, I love this. It's like something different. And obviously growing up, your mum doesn't like let you watch like horror movies and like people getting murdered and all that. So like it was just something like new to me. Mm. And then just for there, I just started watching documentaries and then all the ones that come out on like Netflix and YouTube and I just went for there and then I just started kind of researching on my own and having a look. Is Criminal Minds, is it like a, a documentary series or is it a, no, like it's a drama like, series? Yeah, it's like all made up um, and it's like 16 seasons long and it's about the Bureau in America. So they right. like find criminal, like all the crim, criminals and like they go to like the murder scenes and like they are like in the offices and they find out why did they murder them, how did they mm-hmm. murder them, where are they from, like... Why did they do it? Like, did their mum bother them when they were wee? Like, aye. So th- that's quite interesting. Is that the fascination for you? Like finding out because it's. I suppose it's probably rare, isn't it, mm-hmm. that somebody just wakes up one day and goes, "I think I might just go and kill hundreds of people." I like. There's obviously like something. Yeah, there's like something like underlying. Like it all stems for like them being a kid. But I pure believe that like 
serial killers you need to be born evil like at, like obviously most of the time it does stem from like something that's happened or mm. something triggers them but I'm like surely you don't just wake up and go oh I'm just going to go on a murder spree and just Aye. start killing hundreds of people like I remember reading about or watching something about Jeffrey Dahmer the American serial killer and it was explaining that whole point about you have to be born evil and like with real sociopathic or psychopathic tendencies which is probably a real long shot to yeah. be born with that sort of malfunction in your brain but then to also have had the severe trauma is a real long mm-hmm. shot. Like let's say a one in a billion or something, which it probably actually fully is because it's not as if you get loads of serial killers like that. Yeah. Um, because and, and I remember reading something saying that you get people who are quite psychopathic, but they've never had the trauma or the anger mm-hmm. to act upon. So while they might seem aloof or they don't care about other people's feelings, it just shows you. So if you know anybody who's a wee bit unemotional or doesn't seem to care about things or only thinks about himself. You should be lucky that they've not been, if not experienced some sort of trauma. They might have tried oh my God, to kill that's you. Not for me. Cannot know ourselves. I've got feelings, <laughs> but like I'm so like I've got no heart. I'm just like no, no emotion. Mm. But I'm not a psychopath. I want to kill okay. anybody. So you, you only take one box. No emotions, but you're not yeah. a psychopath. Tell me about the YouTube because so I watched your YouTube thing. I didn't know you mm. had it. The only reason I saw it is because in your Instagram story you answered something, and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to have a look at this, and I was totally drawn in. So I'll explain how I saw it. So it was the murder case. Uh, like talking about a murder case in Scotland and I watched it and you're doing a makeup thing mm-hmm. yeah so I'm a makeup artist like that's my job and then um, my channel started off just me like talking about makeup and skincare because on my like business page I get so many girls like asking me questions and mm. it's hard to like type up and tell them so I just thought it'd be so much easier if I just put it on YouTube and anybody can watch it and I can help people and make them learn about makeup skincare the lot and then I was sitting one night and I seen this girl in America called Bailey Cesarean and she was doing her makeup and talking about true crime and I was like that's my two favourite things, like <laughs> murderers and makeup, do you know what I mean? So I was like, I need to mash them together, put a YouTube video, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it, pure. And then people started enjoying it, and like mm. I was getting all this like response on my like makeup and like personal pages, like I actually love this, like it's something so different, like girls obviously can watch and like learn how to do their makeup while listening about true crime, so mm. it's just something a wee bit different, and no, everybody does it, so. I loved it, I'm, I'm very, like I'm, I'm highly aware like, I have got enough self-awareness to know that for me to say, like, I'm watching a makeup video yeah. while listening, and it's, it's like, why would I be interested in that? For me, as a non-makeup-interested person, um, it's and for anybody listening who's, who's like, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? <laughs> and I know this is like sounds like something nonsense, say, but it's pure relaxing. Mm-hmm. It is really relaxing. Yeah. And as you said, because you're not really looking at the camera. Yeah, I'm not like staring at people's souls and they're like, what is this crazy bitch doing? Mm. It's like staring at the camera. I'm like, just kind of doing my own thing while like talking about true crime. What I was impressed with was the detail as well, because it's not easy to, if you're, right, so you're doing your makeup, so Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you have to really concentrate on that. Or maybe, do you just do that without thinking? Yeah, it's just like signature to me. I'm not like you, I can multitask. Aye, I know, I I don't have the ability to multitask. (laughs) yeah, it just kind of comes like so natural to me. I obviously have been doing my makeup mm-hmm. for like forever, so it's just like second nature to me. And then obviously just because the actual detail, the delivery of the information, I was impressed by. And I remember I did see it. I was like, yeah. by the way, and I, I was like, I didn't expect that, and I didn't mean that as if 
I didn't expect it and good for you. Aye. But it was more just I know how difficult it is to one to research the information. Yeah, that that's like a whole and it's I, I would sit with a gin or a wine <laughs> for hours just researching. Yeah, uh-huh. Cause then you have to get that. Then you have to cut out the bits that are relevant that yeah. are sort of pertinent to what you're explaining. Um It's it's the hard bit is the like finding all the bits that the people want to hear. You don't want just all the shit like, oh, and he, they grew up here and their mum was called and do you know what I mean? Right, like right. nobody wants to know about serial Keep killers. Like, uh uh-huh, you want they want to know about the case, they want to know the details, as grim as they are. Pe- the people want to know, do you know what mm. I mean? Like, because I was a bit like, Dad, explain the murder, how he done it, and I was like, No, this is a bit me personally, I know I sound so bad, but I'm like, what did they do? How did they do it? Why did they do it? Like, I just want to know like every detail, and I'm like, obviously there's people out there who want to know it as well, yeah. so I need to like stick it in. Even the actual delivery of it as well. Excuse me, um, because to, in order to be fluid and be engaging, because the minute mm-hmm. you start faltering, people just switch off. Yeah, and they're just like, right, I'm, I'm kind of done here. But I watched that one and I, I was hooked. We'll come on to the case we were talking about, because um, I would like to talk about it in a bit of detail. Uh, I suppose I'll, I'll echo what you've said as well mm-hmm. in the sense that we don't mean any disrespect to the memory of the the person who who was killed, or any disrespect to her family or the feelings um, of the person's family. But as a bit of a preview, so obviously you do your the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. but we're also going to do a couple of episodes over the next few weeks. We don't know how frequently or infrequently discussing specific cases. Maybe if you've got a case you want to hear discussed, a sort of for us to go through because there'll be a bit of research done because that's the enjoyable part, like yeah. actually finding out. So we definitely don't mind doing that. So if you want to suggest any cases, let me know. Otherwise, you'll get what you're fucking given, all right? Um... Let's talk about so the Karen Buckley yeah. murder case. I'll I'll let you just take. I'm going to sit back and you just tell me, and then if I've got any questions or points, then I'll interject. Right, I want to get my notes out here. I've had to, I've got it all written down. Good to um, be prepared. So she was a young girl. She was from Ireland, and she wanted to do well. She was doing nursing, so but she wanted to get her master's, so that's why she came to Glasgow. So mm-hmm. she obviously met all her pals and. Whatever else, it happened in 2015. Yeah, it happened Saturday the 11th of April in 2015 is when she got murdered. And it was exactly a month before I turned 18 and I remember mum and dad being like, you're not going out, no nights out for you. And I'm like, no, it's my 18. <laughs> and um, it happened in, it happened outside Sanctuary Nightclub in the West End. So my mum and dad, for like literally like all my friends, like, like if you ask them, my mum and dad for I'd say a good six, seven months would pick me drop me off and pick me up from every night out. And um exactly <coughs> before I, exactly a month before I turned eighteen. And obviously I was kinda one of the youngest out of my friends, so some of my friends were all good nights out and all that. Mm. And um we were it was scary, do you know what I mean? Because we were like, Are we gonna go a night out and what's gonna happen to us? And everybody was talking about it, do you know what I mean? Like literally everybody and it was a shame because obviously like the nightclub sanctuary got the pure, like no one wanted to go there because they thought they were going to get murdered. Aye, right. It's just it's pure, mm-hmm. almost guilt by association yeah. in it. But the thing is, like, um, the girl Karen, she didn't know the guy, and the guy didn't know her. So it happened as she left the nightclub. So she went there with her pals, whatever. She didn't even have a lot to drink. That's the only thing. So you pure think like the girl's steaming drunk, whatever. But she wasn't. Like the CCTV shows that. Her friends said that she only had a couple of drinks. CCTV showed that she was fine. She could walk fine. She was aware of her, like, or, like about her and all that. And um, 
she left a nightclub she didn't tell her friends that she was leaving she left her jacket but she had her bag with her and uh, CCTV shows inside and out the nightclub she left she was fine she was like just walking about as you do and then about a minute later that's when Alexander Poutou that's the killer he also left as well um, she was standing right across from the nightclub and then he walked over and was standing there as well so CCTV shows that they didn't know each other and it was just kind of like a like there was no sign of like flirting or like mm-hmm. steaming or anything it was like if me and you were walking out a nightclub and we were walking down the street do you know what I mean like j- just friendly chit chat or whatever yeah just general chat and then um, it showed that he's, he was going to drop her home and it showed the his car going in the direction of where she would live and then obviously it didn't but we'll get on to the what happens later on and stuff um i'll go into detail so when we go into detail nobody listen if it's know your thing but um so much happened like this is a long so case from before we go further into detail of what actually took place a few points i'll come in with um I'm trying to think, or pick my words carefully. So see when it happened, it was reported that she was absolutely yeah. steaming drunk. Mm. Now, I would firstly like to point out, because what always happens is people jump the gun and mm-hmm. they're like, I will Disney fucking matter if she's drunk. I, yeah. I know that's the point I'm making. Yeah. But that is the way it, that is the way it was framed, because straight away when I heard she left without her jacket or her bag, whichever one it was. She left without her jacket, but she brought her bag. Right, okay. She Why? brought her bag with her. So straight away I was like, as a way of understanding how she was in that situation, I thought she must have been absolutely blitzed mm-hmm. and just thinking, I need to get up the road. I've done it a million times mm-hmm. where I've been like, oh my God, my head's spinning, I need to just go uh, up the you, road. You, just, you don't even think about anything else, you just walk out, do you know what I mean? There could be a guy dressed, right, like a killer clown, and he could offer me a lift up the road, and I'd be like, aye mate, cheers, because I'm just desperate yeah. to get home. Oh no, I'm a paranoid wreck. Are I'm you? like, literally, I was seeing I'm standing outside, like waiting to get to come, some guy walked him up to me with a jacket, I was like, no, I'm going to get killed, I've got stuff to do, <laughs> I've got a busy day ahead of me, and I'm just like, I'm your paranoid wreck, I just feel like everybody's out to get me, and mm. I'm like, oh. To right, be fair, I've never... You, you put me on it. No, edge, I've never been kidnapped twice. No joke. I'm not even lying. Right, tell me about that. Oh, this is a whole diversion. So, where I used to live, um, such a quiet area. You would only go there if you lived there, if you were visiting. There was no shops, nothing. There was one train station. It was literally a village, right? And um, I was walking to the train station. And I, it was a seven-minute walk. No joke. Seven-minute walk from my house to the train station. And then all of a sudden, I was only about... Seven. I was only about eighteen at the time. I was young, and um, walking down the street, and then every where I lived, it was private community, so everybody had gates. Mm. It was all private gated, so you couldn't just run into somebody's garden. You'd need fucking press buzzers and all that, and nobody was in. I I literally, (laughs) and then um, all of a sudden, this big jeep like pure zooms past me. And then I was obviously never thinking of it. And then all of a sudden, they stop the brakes, slam the brakes on, and reverse to like where I'm walking. So also I try not to look at the car. I'm just on my phone, kidding on. I'm like not noticing anything. They're driving the pace that I'm like walking, and I'm like, and I I just always I follow my gut, and I always have, and I always I don't know what it is. I'm psychic, right? I just pure know when something's bad, mm. and like I just had the most eeriest feeling ever, and I always felt safe. See where I live? It's so safe. Like nothing happens. I mean the probably the worst thing that's happened is somebody's have had a joint do you know what I mean like it's pure mm. nothing bad happens so I was like I feel so unsafe and then the only thing that was going through my mind is where am I going to go if that guy jumps out of the car where can I run because everybody's 
too rich and it's got gates and I can't go <laughs> I know I was I can't even jump like I don't even know how to jump a fence like oh I was everything was going through my mind and he had like the window down like the tiniest bit ever and then I was like see if it was just somebody asking for directions they'd stop put the window down excuse me excuse me do you know what I mean so right. this was just so eerie to me and then all of a sudden I hear a car come and it was my neighbour Gary and then I just like jump out front of his car I'm like oh like I just pure like flag him down and he's like opens the door and he's like what's wrong and I was like oh like pure like in a panic he's like get in the car now and the guy literally sped off like so fast and even he was like what like are you okay like that was so not normal and I was like obviously in a pure state and he was like I'll sit with you I'm pretty sure they offered to drive me into town town, but I was pure like all the place and he was like I'll sit with you till your train comes like I'm not leaving your cell blah 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 and that just pure gave me the fear and then another time I was coming home from Central and then going back to obviously where I lived and then it was a pure busy day, you know, it's like after work and everybody's on the train and every stop people would more people would go off, whatever. Mm. So every time some like people a bunch of people were getting off, this guy was like moving up the train, like up like seats towards me. Uh, again, my gut me and my gut BFFs, she was tell <laughs> she was telling me like bitch you are going to get murdered you need to think fast so text mum I'm like mum come pick me up and she's like no what crazy bitch like why should I come pick you up and I was like no mum please like something doesn't feel right just come pick me up she was like right okay that's fine so I honestly don't know what I'd do if my mum like didn't come pick me up so so obviously this guy's like moving up the train closer to me like I said where I live there's nothing there you don't get off unless you live there or you're visiting somebody so I got off the train and he's literally like a millimetre like behind my back I can actually like feel him breathing down my neck he's so close to me so I'm walking up to mum's car and then all of a sudden like I turn and I get in her car and you can see his face and he's like shit he's like where'd I go for here and then um, obviously we drive away and he like walks up a wee bit looks about and notices that he doesn't he can't go anywhere and then he walks back to the train station and my mum was like if I didn't pick you up what would have happened to you do you know what I mean mm. would they have kidnapped you would you have raped you would you have do you know what I mean so like all these things happened and I get my mum and dad are like you're never going anywhere like yourself right. I don't think I've, I've never got a train myself since I've never gotten public transport myself now that I drive I drive everywhere do not get public transport because I'm like twice how twice right. can that, I really get these eerie things that have happened to me see that's horrendous I suppose probably something worth also talking about or touching on because see when I hear a story like that I bet you there's girls, right, they'll be listening to this and they'll be going, oh, yeah, it's not like these things happen. When I'm hearing that, mm. I'm like... Because then, then I, I was could... like, when I was, sorry, when I was like talking to people, I was like, am I just being dramatic? And then I was like, no, because well, I was, these, these I was terrified women, at the time. Do you know what I mean? I was 17. Aye. I was a young girl and I'm tiny. Do you know what I mean? I'm five foot. I'm quite slim. So I'm an easy target. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can drag... Like all you need to do is drag me, and I'm like, oh. like I, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, it's, and I've, I'm not going to be able to fight back. I'm a wee wimp. It's impossible for me to get kind of get my head around that because it never would it cross my mind to so much as look at somebody on a train. Mm-hmm. Never mind feeling, go yeah. out right behind them. If I saw that, I genuinely like to think that my mum will probably go. You shouldn't see things like that. I genuinely think I'd stamp his head in. Mm. Because if I think if I saw that, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? But then I suppose it wouldn't do it if mm. somebody was there. Yeah. It's only just if you're by yourself. Yeah. But then again, what gratification do you get for being a mad raper? I know. Or being raped? Like, what do you, like... I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
I, j- so, I, I, I can't even get my head in that space and go, all right, I, I see what he was doing. It's mm-hmm. like, nah. No, there's like, wha- what's the reason? There's no reason. There isn't ever a reason. Basically, I would hope that he would fall in front of train tracks or something. Mm-hmm. Because there'd be less of a danger to people. Just, right, somebody will still find a way to go. You're encouraging suicide. Aye, for rapists. Ah, uh, like, no, you know what? See, instead of tests on animals, te- tests on the, ra- the rapists. I've just, I've got pure bad things with trains now. I remember a guy chased me off the train in Central and see if the wee ticket guy in Central's listening, back me up because but I put the, my ticket in the machine and then this guy, excuse me, miss, excuse me, pure. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I turn around and I'm like, waiting for him to like ask me a question or whatever and he's like staring down at like my shoes and I just bought the cutest wee Mew Mew sandals they were brand new and I was like oh he's going to ask me where I got my shoes and he's like pure staring at my feet he's like and I'm like what is it and he's like I just need to tell you something and I'm like right what is it again I was only about 17, 18 and he was like I just need to tell you you've got the most stunning feet I've ever seen in my life and the wee ticket guy was actually staring at me like have I just heard that and I, I remember like just my heart is like Thought like going a hundred miles an hour, and I and I phoned my mum, and I was like, "Mum, I can't just run off the train and told me I've been standing feet." I pure panic, and she was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Jesus Christ! So I just don't go on trains anymore. Mm. That's um, that I don't know if if you call that like just a youthful naivety. No, that's just a weird moment. No, no, I was going to say a youthful yeah. naivety on your part that you've genuinely thought he's about to tell you all uh, of your sandals oh, yeah. where to get them. That was just me being so like, oh, he's going to tell me, where I, like, ask me where I get my shoes, or he's yeah. just going to say I've dropped something, or yeah, turn no, around and tell me I've got stunning feet. And I'm like, I know, but you don't need to tell me. Uh, he's keeping a mental image in his head for later. That's <laughs> disgusting. Um, back to Karen Buckley then. So it kind of points to that whole thing of, or, or, or highlights the point of me wondering, like, why did she go? Like, mm-hmm. why was she... Was she really drunk and didn't know what she was up to, what was happening? But it seems that she was fairly yeah. conscious mentally. Like our friends were like, she had a couple of drinks before she left, and she probably had maybe one or two in the nightclub. She wasn't there long. They got there at eleven o'clock, and she left at one o'clock. Mm. So it shows. And in you... sanctuary, right? The, the drinks are not cheap. You, yes, aye, you aye. don't drink one after the other. Do you know what I mean it's no. like eight pounds for a single? <laughs> it, I wonder if. Because I've got a whole load of questions mm-hmm. and I will start off, I will preface it by saying I'm not being accusatory of any women yeah. and saying you should have been drunk or anything. Mm-hmm. But at the time, and I'm only just sort of recalling fact, there was people saying um, on social media and stuff, and again, I don't mean for this to be insensitive or hurtful, but I'm just reflecting on what happened at the time. There was people saying she had a habit of going out and getting really smashed yeah. paralytic. Now see if she did. That's her choice. That's her right. I mean, it's not like she's the only person in the world that's done exactly. that. Exactly. I've done it and I've been sick Aye. all over the place. You I, know what I mean? So I remember thinking, like, oh, that's such a shame mm-hmm. if it could have been avoidable. But it, but again, just to hammer the point, it very much seems from evidence gathered an investigation that, oh, she was, she was, she was, she was fine. Uh, she was drunk, but she was like, Still able, uh, able to know where she is. Do you you mean? Would, you'd be able to tell by CCTV if somebody was. I yeah. could watch CCTV, it could be a grainy two inch image of somebody, and I'd be like, they're right. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, straight away, especially living in Glasgow, you know who's right and who's not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just. But I've been like completely drunk, but I've like not been able to walk and can see with one eye. But I still know like my whereabouts. Do you know what I mean? Aye. So Aye. I still know whose car I'm getting into if it's a taxi. Like, I, I think it's just like in me and me to like be safe even when I'm like out my face like drunk so I'm like the total mum of the group like I'm always like when I get a taxi I want to know the number plate I want to know I'm getting in the right taxi and make sure everybody gets home safe and all that Mm. so like I'm just 
was so safe. But obviously, this was years ago. Do you know what I mean? And we didn't have Uber back then. We didn't have Uber five no, years ago. Right, and when you phoned a taxi, it's a red Corsa that's coming. Look out for it. <laughs> your driver's Stephen. Like <laughs> a red Corsa. Who's picking you up someday to take you to McDonald's? Oh or my something god! Skoda. That's it. A red Skoda. Don't know why I said Corsa. Red Skoda. Your driver's Stephen. And do you know what I mean? You aye. just look for a red Skoda and you get mm. in it. Like there was never. But now it's like this is the number plate. This is your driver. This is this. Here's and, your tracking number. Yeah. Here's your eye. If you're feeling easy, then press this button and aye. and you can share your location and all that. Now back then it was just like plus. This girl did not leave the nightclub that she probably went to every weekend thinking something was going to happen to her. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You don't, you genuinely don't, you do not leave a nightclub thinking, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that to prevent this or that. The, aye. And the chronic, see as we move on as well. Now, the chronological order in which we find out is, and I'll try and do the timeline, mm-hmm. day one person goes missing, mm-hmm. um, day 25 bodies found. Mm-hmm. Day fifty conviction comes, mm-hmm. but obviously it doesn't just happen like that. And yeah. then and then they establish what yeah. happened. We'll just go through what actually happened. So they're sitting in the car. Were they parked? Uh, so if you know where the sanctuary nightclub is, it's on Dumbarton Road. And if you walk along Dumbarton Road, heading towards the city centre, and you'll get to Kelvin Grove. Um, Kelvin Grove, fuck, art museum. Kelvin mm-hmm. Grove yeah. Art Gallery. And then you can take a left and kind of, as if you're driving through the park, yeah. to head towards like woodlands and stuff. Is that where they were sitting parked under the trees? I think so. I've got it. Because and... I saw a picture and I was like, that looks to me as if that's the only place that could um... be. That's still quite a walk unless he's driven there. He did... That's so, a 10 minute walk. Yeah, no, so it says CCTV showed that Alexander did drive off in the direction of Karen's flat and she lived in Hill Street but then he turns on to Kelvin Way where he parks the car between 1am 1.06am and 11.18am and that is when he actually did that's when he murdered Karen and it was um, on Kelvin Way right okay but he did drive so they get in the car he was probably parked around about Sanctuary do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and they he's obviously offered to drop her home and she's not she's obviously not thought anything of it so she's getting his car and um, that's what he's done it and how did they actually execute the act? Um, so I'll, we'll give a wee... Aye, here's a warning. Again, you've got like 10 seconds to maybe mute it, turn it down, fast forward, but we're going to discuss the details of what actually took place. Um, it is not nice, but it is important as well to, I suppose, to establish mm-hmm. what actually happened. Instead yeah. of whitewashing it mm-hmm. and just being like, oh, he cuddled her to death, she passed yeah. away. Like, no, like, this well, is you a need to hear the... attack. Yeah, so... Alexander gets in, him and um, Karen get in his car, he drives in the direction of her flat and then all of a sudden she soon realises he's, he's not going to my flat. Mm. He stops at Kelvin Way, so between 1.06am and 1.18am, um, this is exactly what he done to her. So he parks his car, he grabs her by the throat and then repeatedly hits her over the head around 14 times with a wrench. His car was parked there for a total of 12 minutes and 46 seconds. He then drives around for a bit before he goes to Dawson Park where he dumps our bag in a public rubbish bin. Um, he arrives at his own flat at 2am where he brings Karen's body home with him. So he brings her into his flat. Then he wraps her in a sheet. Then he goes to his bed. So her body is lying in his his bedroom and he goes to sleep knowing that he's just done that moments before. Um, how... I just don't get how you can commit a murder that that bad. Yeah. Then go to, go to your head. 
like literally go to your bed like you've just come in for a night out if I was and, um, yeah. mm-hmm, like and he was drinking as well so his so Karen and all her friends they all get a taxi to Sanctuary and um, Alexander and his friends a big group of them so they called a taxi and one group of his pals got like got the taxi and whatever he didn't want to wait in the second taxi and so he got his car and he drove his other half of his friends there mm-hmm. so, and he was drinking in the nightclub so he was drunk mm-hmm. and drove her home but that's not an excuse if you were drinking or not you still know what you're doing there's, oh, n- there's right. no need, there's no thing like no thing um, so I just don't get how you can do that and then just go to your bed it's a deep deep level of level sorry level level of like being psychotic huh. because it just shows that he's got no remorse, he's got no guilt, he's literally got no emotion. I, I'm literally, I can't say something words. Like, usually stick 50p in me right and I'll go for an hour. Yeah. But, I, I won't <laughs> but I'm I'm just trying to even imagine, right, that I was in the position. I mean, if I saw, okay, if I saw a dead mm-hmm. body, I would be delirious, I think, Oh, yeah, I, I, I literally but, wouldn't like, even I'd be able be, to... I'd be able to function, mm, I'd be talking yeah. tongues, I'd be, I'd be screaming like a wee lassie. You'd be, you would literally, you wouldn't be able to sleep at all. That's no. the one thing you would not be able to do is sleep. Now, this guy has got a dead body beside him, like, what an, an, what an animal. Mm-hmm. And did she not lie there for, like, two days? Mm-hmm. So, Fucking also, man. I'll get into, like, what happened over the course of, from our murder, and then, obviously, until yeah. she got found. So, it happened on the 11th, so she went out on the 11th and then obviously happened earlier Sunday morning so 7am on Sunday the 12th of April a member of the public found Karen's Karen's bag near the entrance of the park um, less than a kilometre away from Alexander's flat like is that for somebody that think cause like how stupid do you need to be to literally dump evidence aye, we'll, we'll that come, close we'll come on to him but he uh, he think he thought he was very intelligent, didn't he? And he thought he was very devious, but in fact, he's just a stupid idiot. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't put it that close, would you? Yeah, you would, obviously, no. So then, obviously, like you'd be like, oh, who lives near here? Right. Do you know what I mean? So then at 8 a.m. that Sunday morning, Alexander goes on his phone to research the chemical properties of sodium hydroxide, commonly known as caustic soda. Why Why would you go on your phone? I know. And, look that up like how stupid could you be because he's obviously he, he's come to the realisation of right I need to effectively and efficiently dispose of this mm-hmm. body he's obviously got some semblance of intelligence if he's able if to, he's able to research and know what to research I that's know, the one thing what is happening when you are getting caught they're taking all your devices and they're finding everything that yeah, you've ever searched yeah they go through every bit of that I wonder even right, if you delete your history they still can, mm-hmm. can here's, an opi- here's an opinion or, or a potential sort of would it be a hypothesis you would call it so, I think there's maybe a level of arrogance to think that he'll just get away with it easily, so he doesn't mm-hmm. have yeah. to fully cover his tracks. And a sort of case in point, I would I would look to in order to back up that claim. Do you ever watch? And this is my favourite TV show, Twenty Four Hours in Police Custody. Sometimes when my dad watches oh, it, I've sometimes watched Paul. Paul, you've got good taste. You should watch it. Right, it is. So I've seen like wee bits of it when he's watching it. You'd love it because yeah. you get some serious crimes. Mm-hmm. But it shows the interview process and how sometimes they give them wee bits and they lead them into traps yeah. to incriminate themselves and all that. And this is right. So I'll try and explain this as clearly as I can. But it's such a convoluted case, and it's so complex, and there's so many twists that it's hard to keep it simple. So. It starts off, a guy comes into the police station and he says, I used a prostitute, I left her premises, I went to my car 
and there's photographs of me leaving said premises. And as I'm not saying, pay me a thousand pounds, or I'll send these pictures and evidence of you using prostitutes to your work, your wife, your family, your kids. Everyone. So he says I'm being blackmailed. So the police go right. We have to try and lure this person. So the police say, have you got a thousand pounds that you can get? And he says, aye. And they go right. But we'll get a team on it. We'll get two of our best officers who will work on this and we'll catch this person. So they go through that process. There's these two police officers working on it. It turns out the blackmailer was one of the police officers who was assigned to the case. So he was investigating oh, his own crime. Right. And they caught him because they basically, through the process of elimination, because more people were working uh-huh. on it, they started to zone in and they were like, wait a minute, this information could mm-hmm. only have been obtained for the police station. Yeah. So they go, search who accessed X records or Y records. And uh, they find that it's this guy. So they come in and arrest mm-hmm. him. And he's like, that's the whole fake. What? You're what? I can't believe you're arresting me. And the guy's like, look, mate, Aye. you're a fucking detective. You know that we don't arrest people unless Aye. we know we've got them. And he's like, so, and you come. So they take him in. And he goes, do you know what? I did. I did blackmail him. They say, well, why did you do it? And he says, because he was taking advantage of her. And he was, like, keeping her stuck in this heroin habit. Mm. And I wanted to get enough money yeah. to put her through rehab to get her off it you're like oh that's nice he's a fucking liar no, right. right I'm like oh, oh that's, that's so nice so nice blackmail <laughs> right so uh, he he makes this big claim and he says yeah I was searching for that so they go no bother give your devices big man's arse collapses because he knows he's not searching so they go and look and it just turns out they're able to look through his phone they see every message mm-hmm. every photo every internet activity, every page. They know how long he was on a page and they were like, he's been contacting hookers and visiting them every single day. Oh my God. He's deep in debt and that's probably why he, he googled uh, easy crime that pays or like how to commit petty <laughs> crime but make good money, right? These oh guys are fucking... And the interview, like, oh, the police he worked with and they were saying he was the most accomplished, capable... Um, what's the word? Uh oh fuck principled uh-huh. great police officer and they're like this guy's had a breakdown that he's doing this but the point was they were like there was nothing he didn't say us for anything about rehab or anything mm-hmm. and they were like rehab costs a grand was he putting that in for like for a week is he putting that in for a week uh-huh. just one he's like so it's a lot of shite and they concluded and they went he thought he was so clever and he thought he'd executed it so much that he thought there was no possibility of these tracks ever being discovered. So then he, he just didn't even consider them. Mm-hmm. So he's been blindsided by his own arrogance and, I suppose, contempt for the intelligence of his like peers. And mm-hmm. I think that this Pacto guy, because I also read, I don't know if you get information on this, that he would research how he had researched or spoke about how to carry out the yeah. perfect mm-hmm. murder and get away with it. And nobody, yep. no case, no matter what evidence there is. Um, and I think that he has, you know, like the least intelligent people always think the intelligence reigns supreme. Yeah. Whereas a very intelligent person is very aware, almost painfully aware of their own feelings or mm-hmm. misgivings, and they will do all that they can yeah. to cover that shortfall. Whereas this dickhead is just so arrogant that he's like, eh, oh, nothing will happen to me. Nothing will happen no. to me. Who's going to think it's me? I'm not done it. But he searched all that on his mm-hmm. phone. Yep. 
what what next what what was the sort of so he goes he goes and buys this is, his stuff oh this is a bit that pisses me off right so he looks up um the properties and where they can get caustic soda so at 9.42am he goes to B&Q at Great Western Way and buys 6 litres of caustic soda um, a mask and then gloves so I'm sorry see if I was here serving him I'd be like <laughs> yeah, no. Hot the boat. I mean, what do you it, need this for? Like, where are you in it? What's going on here? Like, I, my whole like CSI like would come at me and be like, "What are you doing? What are you up to?" Like, uh, do you know what I mean? And then, um, what's is he paying for these on his card? Uh, um, I think someone's card and someone's cash. Right. Uh, but he had receipts. So 10 a.m. he goes to Crow Road and buys more caustic soda and bloody pound stretchers. Then at 12.38 in the afternoon, he texts his flatmate um, saying he'd lost his keys what time he'd be home. His flatmate was on like a hill walking expedition with his mum. Right. So he wouldn't be back till... So he's at, his flatmate was like, oh, I'll be back to about 8 o'clock at night. So he's also thinking, brilliant, I've got eight hours yeah. to do what I need to do. So... Um, then his flatmate's like right I'll be back at about 8 o'clock so that also gives him enough time to dispose of the body uh, so he goes to those shops the rest of the day he just goes back to the flat and um, he removes Karen's clothes and then he fills up the bath with the caustic soda then he just leaves her body in there for hours and hours and hours to obviously try and oh right where do I even begin first of all what's going through his flatmate's mind when he re- like learns what had happened that's what I was thinking. You're living with this guy, just thinking, he's a bit of a weirdo, but other than that, like Aye. he's he's no bothered me. And then you come home for your hill walking expedition with your mother, and your flatmate's like a murderer. Aye, I, that that kind of scares me. See, for a while, I, in Barcelona, I lived with a guy for Prague for the Czech Republic, right? <laughs> and your face, first time we did this, if like they're all mad, you're dangerous. He was a dead nice guy, right? He's just a nice guy. Flat was incredible. Looked balcony, looked on the Sagrada Familia, and I was like, "Ah oh, man, I've kind of hit the jackpot here." Now and again, I would get up in the <laughs> in the middle of the night, like to, to get water or to go to the toilet, or whatever. So if I try and explain, if you walked into the flat, it was kind of like a square room. And you would walk into all the rooms for there. Uh-huh. So you had the living room, which took you to the kitchen, be any of the bathroom. You no, know, that sounds so stupid, but I'm just imagining like Sims and like how I build my house. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, you know how you just do a square and then you do the rooms I, for I there? Yeah, everything for there. So it was like the three entrances to the bedrooms mm-hmm. and whatever. And quite a few times, like, mo- fuck it, once is too many, right? But maybe let's say it was three or four over a relatively short period of time. And I would walk it in like, and I'm also a big shite bag, so I'd like scream, baby, standing there, just like just st- in the pitch black. And your room? No, no, oh no, I would. Oh, right. I'd kick the fuck out of him <laughs> if I'd, 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 I actually booted his head in if that happened out of pure fear. No, um, I've he's just been standing in the wee sort of it's kind of like a vestibule is the way I would describe it because it's not a pure big room, but you would never be in it for anything. Yeah. There's nothing there, and uh, I a couple of times I thought. Is, am I going to wake up one day, man, and he's, like, tied my hands and legs here and he's going to kill me or something? That was kind of what went through my mind. He might have been sleepwalking. Or he that was next thing about what he's doing. He's like, oh, I'm just going to the toilet. And I'm like, what are you fuck, mate? You were just standing, like, you were just standing you're there. Just, like, yeah, you're not even doing If you had been walking, I would have I would have heard you or I would have seen you. I So that's that's my experience with a Czech murderer. Um, <laughs> I, but we'll, so, have a, we'll do his case when it comes up, <laughs> right? I know. 
But I, that's just, I, f- I find that terrifying for the flatmate's point of view. He mm-hmm. doesn't know who he's living with. Not a clue, with. literally. And to leave a body, now, oh, what is the effects? Does it just like soften limbs and bones or something? Cosmic soda? Yeah. It like seeps into the skin and like disintegrates. You know how when you put Shh. like, so, um, yeah. It, it basically it's like just trying to so this fucking lunatic has had a decomposing body for all this time mm-hmm. he's put it in a bath full of caustic soda that is intended to disintegrate the tissue and it bone and muscle and he then takes that body back out as it's starting to disintegrate and he's no vomiting he's no fainting he's no not... he's literally just going about like he's cooking his Christmas dinner mm. like it's not he doesn't even like phase him like he's just so after he leaves her body in the bath for all these hours he then now attempts to clean the blood for his bedroom and then any other rooms in the flat that he's got on Um, and then do not listen to this if you're screamish or anything but he um, just a trigger warning he then takes a knife and cuts Karen's body from her sternum to her abdomen allowing the solution to work faster because he wanted to get oh rid of her quicker. God. Yeah. That's just... It doesn't even... And he's just... This is normal for him. Like, he literally was like... like He's actually been like, it's not working fast enough. So he... How you go about, like, your life? I'm gen- gen- I, never, I don't think I, I knew that part. And I watched mm. your video as well, but I maybe I've just haven't missed. I've not heard that, but mm. whatever. Like when the police see when the police come in. I, I was going to say we could come to this, but like so he had chucked out his mattress because it had been bloodstained. Mm-hmm. Why was his mattress bloodstained? Is there any? I'll... So then he actually says to the police. So I also get into it more, but I'll just give a wee bit of the now. So, um, see, he actually get brought in for a statement. So obviously. The CCTV showed that um, he was seen with Karen that night. So he actually comes in for a statement um, and no one knows he's done anything at this point. He just comes in because he was, he was the last person to see her. And his statement was that she went back to his flat and had consensual sex with him, but she'd banged her head on the the frame of the bed and that's why, and she got blood on his bed. And that's why she then she left at four o'clock in the morning. She didn't feel well. Hmm. That was his statement that he gave to the police. Did he go to the police like of his own volition, or did they say you need to come in? Do you know that they just asked him to come in, and he went in like well and like. And at that like, point, they were probably not just, expecting uh-huh, it. They were just like, oh, he was the last guy to see her, like, and they, they probably did think, oh, they had, they were just having sex after a night out, and she went home. Maybe something happened to her on the way home. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like nothing was thought of it's like at he's, the time. He's, like he's sort of brought this spotlight or the focus upon himself because mm-hmm. there was no need no you didn't need to say oh I had sex with her at my house and shit her head and that's why there's blood on the bed you yeah. could have just said oh I just met her and then, and then I don't know what happened to her do you know what I mean like aye it's like so it's just it's uh-huh. so weird it's why like, did they need to bring that in to the... like, imagine it, it kind of made me think of <clears throat> say you walked into like I don't know you met somebody for the first time and he's like oh yeah my wife's in a wheelchair and you go Oh, really? And he goes, I didn't push her. 
And you're Aye. like, what? what? And he goes, she fell, I swear. And I, like, I never no, asked. She could have been born like that or anything. Like, 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 no, I know, now I think that you you flung your wife downstairs, mate. Aye, obviously. There was like, no need for you to say anything. What was the accent? <laughs> I don't know. need to be English. I don't know. <laughs> English people are the, obviously nefarious and sinister. Nah, I'm, I'm joking. My dad's English. Is he? Yeah. I'm only, I'm only, by, I'm only no, kidding. Uh, I get pure accused of xenophobia. Like I'm only, I'm only joking. <laughs> no, I know. But um, so then, obviously, he does that to try and make it work faster. Then at five pm, he drains the bath, removes her body, brings her back into his bedroom. He wraps her in a duvet, and then he locks his door, his bedroom door, with a padlock. Like I left with somebody I had a padlock on his door. No, it was him. And I was like, why? Like, I have got no business or interest being anywhere mm-hmm. near your bedroom. My why? bedroom's the most boring place in the world. Aye, like, it's why literally got a, a TV and a bed. Why is there a padlock? Like, what the fuck? What or who are you hiding in there? Like, that you've got a padlock? That's when... Oh, it's dodgy. You like, you you now have just made me... Want to made, go into your bedroom and look? Aye, <laughs> you, you, like, you may as well have put a sign up saying, there is something in here that I cannot have I'm a serial killer. Psychopaths. Um, uh, Aye, so he wraps her in a duvet. Yep, he wraps her in a duvet, puts him in his, <coughs> puts her in his bedroom, and then just locks the door. So his flatmate comes home at eight fifteen that night to discover Alexander cleaning. So if you know what a close is like, you know, like see if you've lived in a close. Are you hell going out and cleaning the clothes? Aye. That's not your dirt. That's not your problem, right? Aye. So his flatmate comes back to see Alexander cleaning like the hallway and then the entrance to the flat. When, like, do you mean like you'd never see anybody doing that? And um, especially in Glasgow. People might look at this as being a bit of a sort of gratuitous dig at the guy, mm-hmm. but when you look at him, personal look that hygiene clean. and appearance are not the two he the is, priorities. Yeah, he no chance he'd get a job with Kim and Aggie. Yeah, I, 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 I forgot about them. <laughs> um, uh, the, I, he, he looked very dirty. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you're like, there's no way that you are on a Sunday night cleaning a clothes because you're like... And you're, you're hungover, I, I, obviously. You're like, the floor out. Like, do me a favour, mate. You're, you're sitting in your bed sheets. That His bedroom not, looked manky enough as it is. Why is he cleaning the clothes? I know. I don't think the bed sheets were ever changed. I don't, I don't think he had bed sheets, to be honest. Oh, disgusting. Um, so at half eight, Alexander goes back into his bedroom and then he goes to sleep again with her body. Oh, fucking like, lunatic, man. He literally goes into his bed with her body slowly decomposing and is now cut open and wrapped in a duvet that would reek like you can, like see when people talk about like a dead body they say this they would never forget that smell yeah I heard that as well I actually spoke I had um, ex-serious crime squad police officer Simon McLean on mm-hmm. the other day and he said that once you smell it you will never, never forget, forget it that. and I always say like when you see people say oh we walked in and we immediately smelled a decomposing body and you're like yeah, like, oh, like, there's obviously no way to explain it because it's such a. So like, he must, I think. Sorry. He's, sorry, he's obviously a pure man. He get. I, I that's think, not even yeah, bothered him. I think he gets some form of sexual gratification from the whole thing. Mm-hmm, I think it like turns him on. And and it's just like, again, so if I see now, like sometimes you'll be on Twitter or something, and somebody will have shared something, and it's like somebody who's been killed in an accident. I am saying so. I, I here's an example. I get sent a video, you know, like mental people just send mad things into WhatsApp group mm-hmm. chats, and it was an awful video. Right, it actually wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but I watched it and I froze and um, I felt like my head was spinning a bit because I'm very, very, very. I've got a very weak stomach. Oh, I'm the same. And uh, quite squeamish with things, and I felt like my head was spinning, 
my head went numb. And I mm-hmm. Everything went roasting and I felt I couldn't hear. And I just was like, I can't fucking believe what I've just watched. So if that is me watching it on like a 10 inch iPhone How screen, could you physically smell it, see it, feel it? Yeah. Like how... Mm-hmm. And, and do it be, physically do it if I was the flatmate I'd be needing therapy for years knowing that I slept he probably he probably would I go through therapy that's uh, actually not something I've even looked into the flatmate uh, and I like kind of wish I did actually what's that poor uh-huh. guy like, just, like how's he what about his life he sounds like a lovely boy him mm-hmm. and his mum climbing uh, we, hills I know like spending time together mm-hmm. he's not he's not in sanctuary on a Saturday night no he is hill walking and he's been healthy and a good boy uh, he's probably felt woke up feeling fresh on a Monday and then his world's come crashing uh-huh, and he's like, like I'm just going to go home in my, my flat and get go to Chinese. work on a Monday I get oh, I could go, I'm going to get a Chinese tonight oh, I can't I'm on a diet yeah. oh, so we're going to lock down for two weeks I'm a um, off the meal plan on Sunday I'll have it then so then he, like, he, go, he actually goes to sleep with her body next to him you can pose in again. Mm. The first time, no, that I'm saying it's not as bad, but the second time going to sleep and she's... Does she not then carry her body out in broad daylight? Mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo so... is less confused in this country. Like, surely you think you're cl- so yeah, clever. Yeah, the neighbour sees him, so I've, I, uh, Fucking... I'm going to get to that. But, um, so then Monday the 13th at 4.52 in the morning, he goes to Bridge 27 to dump the wrench that he used. So is the that murder up weapon. at Annie's Land? At he, Lock 27? I just said bridge 27 I think yeah I think Aye. so yeah um, so uh, yeah so he dumps an engine then he drives to Tesco on Mary Hill Road asks uh, this is the bit I'm like you pest um, asks the member of staff what product removes blood stains off a mattress I just need something to get the blood stains out of the mattress Aye, like, what an idiot if I was the worker I'd be like <coughs> on my radio somebody Aye, gonna be come hitting and... up your panic alarm uh-huh. I don't even know I'd be like that no 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 security I'd be pure calling everybody. Then at six twenty seven in the morning he drives to Tesco um and then he buys white spirit and a lighter. Then he drives up to a place called High Craigden Farm where he Is that Mulgay? Mm. You called it Mulgavi. I never I did, did, oh, I did. Video, I'm so dyslexic, just ignore oh, me, sorry. right? No, that's, that's how fine. it was actually spelled when I was researching yes I'm aware uh-huh. it's spelled just Mil- ignore me it's spelled right. Mil- Gary, just but it's Mil- right pack it in right um, so then he drives up to Agnighton <laughs> Farm where he then burns uh, Karen's clothes and any items from his flat that had that was had blood on it with the white spirits in mm. the lighter then at 8.34am he uses his phone to call a storage equipment supplier to purchase a 220 litre blue barrel that he then goes to collects from City Park and Industrial Estate in the East End. I used to work for them. Like, just calling up, hi, can I get a blue barrel, 220 litres? Mm-hmm. What for? Oh, just to hide the dead body. And I mean, if you were to be like that to me, because it's one thing to, to do the things, right? But I think if just a normal person turned up and had a normal demeanor and was like, oh, how you doing? I know, we've, we're, I don't know, we're, we're storing something. But he turns up and he looks, like if you said to me, here's a pen and paper, couple of crayons and a ruler like draw a rapey weirdo that's draw what him. I would draw him yeah I don't feel bad saying that cause no because he evil. is mm. and then at 9.38 he buys more caustic soda um, I just keep thinking of caustic love by Paolo Nettini <laughs> every time you say that poor Paolo so, and getting dragged into this he buys more caustic soda he buys drain and blocker then he returns home wraps an extension cable around Karen's body Brown parcel tape around her head, and then he places her body into that barrel that he purchased. That is horrific. Um, 
So this is the bit. His neighbour spotted him pulling a mattress in a suitcase that Karen's body had been in um, and other items in his car. Obviously, you'd be like, hold on a minute, why is he like pulling mm. shit out? You know what I mean? And, then, and do you know he's under investigation for murder? Because it's all over the... Was it all yeah, over the news Yeah, point? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then at 10.27am, he drives to Asdun Bears Den and buys lighter fluid. Then at 10.41am, he drives to High Creighton Farm again, where he then burns the matches in the duvet and the suitcase. Then at 11.19am, he returns to he turns to his flat, fills the barrel with drain on blocker, caustic soda, and then he submerges Karen's body in that barrel. And all the while, over this period of days, her body would have been decomposing. Yeah, it would have been. Mm-hmm. And he's completely. So unfazed. this was the Monday, and he killed her on the. The reason I was asking about was he buying card or cash, and I don't know if this would apply, right? But the reason I know I'm aware of this concept, so I interviewed. And if you haven't heard this interview, by the way, to you who's listening, Eamon Dean, who was an ex Al Qaeda bomb maker, he became disillusioned with the cause. He went to Qatar, handed himself in, joined MI6. She's listening to this. Listen to it tonight and then tell me if you like it. Okay. You will. Okay. Uh, he joined MI6 and then he went back into Al-Qaeda where he worked as a spy for Britain this whole time. He prevented all sorts of chemical attacks. In the interview, I basically, through a humorous but forensic lens, want to understand why he joined Al-Qaeda in the mm-hmm. first place and I think we get there mm-hmm. because we talk about his childhood we talk about the environment in Saudi Arabia we talk about the, he went to Bosnia to fight in the Bosnian war against the Serbs to protect the Bosnian Muslims um, he then was involved in bomb making that saw the deaths of like 200 people in Nairobi and he was like hold on a fucking minute like why are we killing innocent people I thought this was a war against like the Americans or whatever Um so I, he chucked it. So anyway, he got found out because... Listen to the fucking interview, actually. I'm not telling you anymore. But he gets found out. But one of the things he does now, or has done, is he advises governments, banks, companies, corporations on anti-terrorism. And one of the things he advises is for MasterCard, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, MasterCard. If anybody uses your card and they purchase these 10 items... They're making a fucking bomb. Yeah. So you have to alert a government mm-hmm. to go and check them. Or he says, if somebody goes from this place to that place to that place, like three plane tickets, yeah. they're going That's only dodge. to this place. Yeah. So you need to like go and check them. And I wondered, like if I bet you if I was to go to like B and Q and buy all of those things, I think the police would be at my door because yeah, they'd be like, minute. Because you're only buying it for those things. Like, uh-huh. why are you buying those yeah. things? And that was kind of what I wondered, but I don't think that has happened, so that just then fascinates me that the level of granular detail and forensic um, detail that the police are able to ascertain or establish. He he was here for this amount, like 46 seconds, he was there, he was at this point. They really, they done their work on that. Aye. Um, So he he puts the body in the barrel, he locks Uh it up and he goes away, probably thinks that's him. Mm -hmm. So at two o'clock, um, he's seen by a neighbour struggling to bring the barrel down for the f- so he was on the first floor so at 2 o'clock his neighbour sees him struggling to bring this barrel down from his flat to his car then at 2.22pm he drives back to Ad- Asda and buys two padlocks and white spirits 2.35pm meets a local f- meets a local farmer on the way um, to you guessed it 
Hi, Craig and Farm. Milne Gavi. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> asks about renting a storage unit, and then him and the farmer agreed in ten pound a week. So then he puts the barrel into the shed, and he locks the barrel with a padlock. So then he needs to go to Tesco. So at three forty-one p.m., he goes to Tesco, buys another padlock, goes back to the farm, and then he locks up the the shed that he just uh, rented, and then um. At 4.16pm he takes his car to Annie's land car valet to have his full entire car cleaned inside and out. Mm-hmm. Everything, the full thing. Exposing of evidence. Yeah, so when police identify uh, his car on the CCTV as Alexander's, that's when, he go, he's, that's when he goes to his flat um, at half four and there was no answer because obviously he's out getting his car washed. So this was the Monday. Um, and then, so the police like contact the landlord and they're like, right, okay, we need to get into this flat. We need to see the person who's obviously lives here so then at about half five the landlord lets the police in um, and Alexander was actually home at this point and this is what he says to the police so as the police enter the flat with the landlord at half five that night uh, Alexander goes I was just coming to see you what a wanker what, what is his thoughts I was just coming to see you uh, it's not like you're going to your grand's house I know that's like I remember being at school like going oh I was just coming to see you like, uh, oh. uh, I bet he was probably saying it as if, like, sort of trying to preempt anything and going, aye, there's no guilt. Oh, yeah, there's, I was just no coming to see to, like, you know... I used you know, to do that in oh. school, like, I, there was a teacher would be looking for me because I owed them homework or something like that, and then if I bumped in, I'd be like, oh, I was just going oh, to see you, like, well, you fuck. Like, aye. no, you weren't there. So, as soon as the police go into the flat, they've got the strongest smell of bleach ever. That, looking at him, he doesn't even know what bleach is, do you know what I mean? He didn't even know what it was until that day. Mm. So... Then they noticed a couple of unusual things in his bedroom, like a toolbox, nail brushes, parcel tape, and then the mattress didn't fit the bed. And I put the picture in my YouTube video, you would have seen it. It was, um, he's got a double bed and he had a single mattress on it. Yeah. Again, um, like, what is going through your mind? Right. So obviously the police are like that, what is he kidding about with a single mattress on a double bed for? Uh, like, uh, it's it looks so weird. Uh-huh. He's also, I noticed in his, um, above his wardrobe, he had a tub of protein and a protein shaker. <laughs> and I was like, why? For, like, who are you kidding? Aye, you've never been in your life, Are you kidding me? Um, so once he got taken to the police station to give his statement that I had mentioned that he'd said that he just went back and mm. they had consensual sex, they find receipts for drain and blocker, closet soda and two small keys for the padlocks. <sighs> I don't know. So while So while he got put in a holiday in um, while his flat and all that was getting investigated. So... He, he was still in the holiday in while his flat and all that was getting searched. So, Tuesday the 14th at 4am, police remove his Ford Focus for, foren- for the forensics to examine. Then, at 1.40pm on the Monday morning, the person who found Karen's bag contacted police to let them know that they'd found it and it still had her phone and her passport and, like, everything in it. Like, nothing was taken out of it. How did they find it? Because it was in... Remember, they put it in a bin. I know, but why would But they... he's obviously, like, maybe... I think he's, like, chucked it oh, to right. a bin and it's not went in. Ah, oh, right, aye. Because um, it was just a member of the public that found it. Mm. So, and they've obviously just been like out walking their dog or Why whatever. Why did they not? Aye. You t- so they phoned in on the Monday. Um, so I think they, f- they found it on the Sunday and they phoned in on the Monday at the place and they'd found the bag. Um, and then on the Tuesdays when he got put into the holiday in. I'm probably going to look psychotic here, but I'll just go anyway, right? See if I killed somebody by accident, let's say. No, oh, I don't know, man. Let's just say I killed somebody. Crime mm-hmm. of passion. Guys, if I go missing, then you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if I killed somebody, crime or passion, the main thing that I'm concerned about is losing my freedom. Apart mm. from the fact I've killed somebody, obviously, that's a given. Now, when when I hear about 
somebody stabbing somebody or murdering somebody, the first thing I think of is, right, how could you actually take another life? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I, I then go, right, okay, let's just say that you're completely comfortable with killing somebody. Why do you not care enough about yourself mm-hmm. yeah. and your life to at least not... And your family. I like, so that... I, I, to, 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 to uh, specify what I mean there, as they go to kill them, surely does it not go through your mind, if I do this, I'm going to jail forever. Mm-hmm. And surely that's enough to stop me if human empathy isn't yeah. enough. And and when it isn't, I just think, what, like, what is wrong with me? Because I, I would be doing everything I could and you, I, I, would, I would probably turn into, like, a pure genius expert. Such would be the level of terror and fear about losing like my liberty forever and being locked in a cell forever. Yeah. No holidays, no nothing. Never no friends, family, no family, no, nothing. No, you're wearing, although I'm kind of dressed like I'm in the, just out of the jail today, but you're just going to be wearing just a nothing but a grey track yeah. every day of your life. And I just would be like, fuck that. When people like him, who, again, I think he's somebody, he, seemed, he went to private school, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So yep. you know there's an error. Did you go to private school before I start insulting them? Did you go to just a normal school? I went to a pure Jakey school. I went to Paisley Grammar if anyone's oh, from there. Oh, you just upset everybody that went to Paisley Grammar. Oh, but, no, anyone who went to Paisley Grammar was like, uh, agreed. Right. Well, so with private school people, there is an air of arrogance or self-belief that only comes from being in that environment. Yeah. Now, while I don't think he is particularly intelligent because he seems to me to be a pure numbskull, there is an air of intelligence about him or even a, a, a belief that he is intelligent. Like However, he's not a mm. I, at times, some of the slip-ups, I'm like, is that carelessness or is it because you don't care enough? You've mm. got what you wanted. You, yeah. you carried out this act that you must have been he's dreaming just, about. He's just so like, he's just got that mindset, I'm never going to get caught. Aye. So... And, but then part of me thinks he's like, oh, well, if I do get caught, so fuck. Because yeah, I whatever. got... It's as if like that was all he wanted mm-hmm. in life. Because he was like a failed businessman. He was on, not that there's a working class hero here talking, not as anything wrong with it, but he was on benefits. Yeah. And what that, that would have completely disrupted his his perception of who he is and his standing in the world. And I wonder if he's just been like, fuck it. Because he went downhill for there. And he's, yeah. uh, he's like, I'm going to. I mean, he's went, he went to a private school and then all of a sudden he ended up in like this flat, like sharing. Sharing a flat with a roommate and like, uh, do you know what I mean? And not get anything to live for. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I wonder if he wanted, to, uh, not so much if he wanted to be caught, but he just was like, oh, well, if I get caught, then uh, whatever. It's one of these things. Um, just another day. I'll let you continue on. Um, so on the Wednesday the 15th, um, Alexander, that's when he actually got arrested with the police and he was in Starbucks up at Buchanan Street. Mm-hmm. I've never been in there since. But, um, Imagine you were in when that happened. Oh, I'd be, I'd be I all over the. Oh, I know Snapchat and everything on Instagram story. <laughs> but I will quite have to see. But um, so he made no comment, but he had got patted down by the police, and they they found a small note that was written down on the holiday end, like you know the wee notepad that you yeah. get. Um, the outlines of what he had said to the police on the thirteenth. So he got arrested in the 15th, but when he went in for his statement in the 13th, when he said, oh, we had consensual sex, he had written that down on the paper so he could remember to be like, this was my exact words and this is what I said. So obviously... That's probably one of the police's easiest cases. So that he can regurgitate it if he needs to, like, recite it. Yeah, so at 3pm, once he was arrested, um, so the man that used to work with Craig... uh, 
with Craig, sorry, the man that used to work with Alexander, um, then called up and said, I used to work with him and he stored, he stored stuff up at High Craigden Farm. Um, so he used to store like um, fireworks and all that. Mm. So see the ones the place get that information, they were like, right, here we go. So they go up there. And then 8pm um, that night is when they found Karen's body and um, they discovered her in the fetal position submerged in all the liquids. Jesus. Again, my first thought is the person that pulls that back, like opens that lid or whatever, and then they have to carry out a post-mortem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the body. 16th at 3.40pm, a post-mortem. It's was... like a horror film. Mm-hmm. It's like an actual horror film. It just wouldn't seem real. Mm-mm. So he's he's arrested in suspicion of murder. And then as they arrest him at 3 o'clock that afternoon, 8pm is when they find her body. Jesus. Because he gets arrested and it's obviously everywhere, it's all over the news. Yeah. And the guy that used to work with him's like, oh, that's that guy. So they phone up saying, by the way, he used to store stuff at High Craigton Farm. Like, maybe hey. being like, do you want to maybe take a look up yeah, there? And yeah. obviously that's like gold to them. It just shows you now, the police always say, get in touch with any information you have, no matter how trivial. Yeah. So that's that person with the bag and then the guy that used to work with him. Aye. If they never had day two, it would have been such a long... Before hearing these examples... Let's just say it was somebody I went to that I worked with and I knew he stored stuff. I'd probably look and be like, oh God. And it would go through my mind mm-hmm. that when they put it together. It just shows But that you. guy thought so quick to be like, wait a minute, he stored Aye, fireworks. I like know. how he was so on the ball with that. Totally. Mm-hmm. But Imagine. obviously, that Alexander must have been a pure creep for him to just, the first thing to do is wait, phone the police. Aye, do Aye. you know what I mean? He'd literally just get arrested and the guy's like, oh, here's some info. Aye. So he must have been so dodge for him to the first thing to do is phone the police with that information definitely worth because somebody you... if I worked with got arrested I wouldn't be like oh by the way this is where they used to live and this is where like <laughs> no, they used right. to like go nice out do you know what I mean that's not the first thing I'd do but um, so April the 16th at 3.40 a post-mortem examination was done at the Southern General and confirmed that Karen was a victim of assault and then at 3pm on the 17th of April Alexander was charged with Karen's murder where he makes no plea, no declaration, and remains in custody at um, 5pm. At 5.30pm, uh, remains in custody. So then at 5.30pm that night that he got, like, like get found guilty, uh, hundreds of people in Glasgow, including Karen's, pa- Karen's parents, attended a vigil at George Square. Mm. So had a wee moment for her. Yeah. And then they obviously went back uh, home to Ireland and had, like, a proper... Like funeral and horrendous, and they're only daughter. I think they've got four sons. Uh, they've got three boys and three. two boys, sorry, and Karen. Just terrible, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. just quite hard. It's, and, it's really sad yeah. as well that somebody, I'm not saying as if like we are the pure custodians of Glasgow, but when somebody comes mm-hmm. to your city and for something like that to happen, and then that's just always going to be every time they hear the word Glasgow, that's just what they're going uh-huh. to be yeah. transported back to. Exactly, because obviously we know Glasgow, but like people aren't from here and that's right. the only thing they know, like, do you know what I mean? Um, but the wrench was actually found, her murder weapon was found that, that on blows, the 21st of April. That blows my mind that they knew where it was and they mm-hmm. were able to get it back. Mm-hmm. So 21st of April is when that got found and then on the 27th of April, that's when they find the burnt mattress at the farm. Forensic tests showed that it contained samples of Karen's blood, so they 100% knew. And then Tuesday the 11th of August, Alexander pleads guilty for the murder of, Karen's, of Karen Buckley. Do you know anything about his interview process? Like when, when the admission came, did he say like any motive or anything like that? Had nothing. 
What the there fuck? was no, there was literally not a single reason for him to do it. It's not like he knew her. It wasn't an ex. He didn't bought. He didn't. She didn't. She wasn't cheeky him on a night out. Yeah. Um. Mm. So it's not even like, obviously, all the CCTV shows that they did not make one bit of communication in that mm. nightclub. Only time they spoke is across the road. So I it's wish. not even like she was like, he offered to buy her a drink. And she's like, ugh. Do you know what I mean? Like, Aye. there was, there was, it literally didn't do anything unless he's tried to, because obviously you don't know what went on in the car other than what he done. You don't know if he's been in for a move and she's declined. Mm-hmm. So is that maybe why he's been like, right, fuck you? Do you know what I mean? There was, there's nothing like saying that that's why he done it. Because we could we could sit here and speculate mm-hmm. all day. Oh, he th- could have done this. He could have I done know, that. Like, but I think, see, because we don't possess those like pure ten, those not case tendencies. I we don't have. Uh-huh. You can't actually get into mm-hmm. his headspace. The I, only, uh, the, like I just said there, the only thing that I could maybe be like, he's pure. Just went no, like nuts. Is he's been in for a kiss mm. or sec- try to do something sexually and she's thought no 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 and she's trying to defend herself as of being like oh I don't want a kiss or I don't want and he's just went full full, full. that's the only other thing that mm. I can think of I wonder if there'll be girls listening to this that have had like what they think are near misses where they've managed to get out the car mm-hmm. or they've managed to get away from somewhere mm-hmm. uh, and like before yeah. something terrible could happen like would... if uh, it was like a maybe moment mm-hmm. aye um I, I just I wish there was a way to know. I mm-hmm. wish you would just yeah. say. I sometimes wonder. Can you not just be like, I done it because? Aye, I just want to hear. But it's just it's peace of mind for her family and for everybody, her mm. friends. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like a it's a way for us to like get in their brain. Do you know what I mean? Like that's why they that's why they done it. Even if like yeah. do you know what I mean? Like that's the one thing that fascinates me is how their brain works. Why did they do it? What was a reason? Even if there wasn't a reason, what was a reason? And if there is a reason, why? Like, why'd you kill them? What, like, just for instance, you're going out with somebody and they cheat on you and you kill them. Like, mm-hmm. they cheated on you, but what was your full entire Aye. reason for you to do that? Aye, that's often when there is, while the reason may be so far detached from reality mm-hmm. or um, plausibility for anybody, sometimes when you go, just if you know there was a reason, yeah. you're like, well, I can kind of get my head around that a wee bit more, but when there is, seems to be no particular reason or motive, it's like, there will be something. But it, it, this is the thing as well, though. He doesn't feel shame or embarrassment or guilt, so I he's just don't no get... no remorse. Don't get why he wouldn't just say. Uh-huh. Because he's not even got it in him to be like, oh, shit. How do you write shit. to a prisoner? Oh, my God, right. You know how I've just finished... So, I've just finished my nail course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Courtney, if you're listening, because I'm going to send you the link to this because you asked for it. Um, she has got a pen pal, a prison pen pal in America. You're joking. Huh? Who's this your pal? She, no, she just trained me in my nail course. Oh, right, right. My, like, like the girl who trained me, she has got a prison pen pal in America. Who does she... Man. I can't remember. She told me. Since Courtney's she... not here, what's her full name? Courtney Nicole. Um, I can't remember. Actually, Nicole. probably she identified. Courtney Nicole Wilson. All right, sure. there we go. Um, I would love to hear about that. I'll get her in. I get. I <laughs> do. You know what? Get her in. We'll do. We'll have. Um, I'll get another mix set up. Uh, what? How did that come about? And what did they talk about? I don't. Well, obviously, me being pure, fan, like true crime fanatic, pure lover. Um, she loves all that. She's exactly like, me. Pure fascinated by it. And um, she did te- she did kind of explain a wee bit how she got on it. I can't even remember how, but um, she's like got this pen pal in prison. She's had she's been speaking to him for a couple of years now. Mm. 
I'm like, Patch Hatfield, oh, for a laugh. I know. If they get out, oh, I'm going to go and find her. I know. Even I know. though he's in America. Fuck, his people have done. If he's, if he's got it in him to be in jail, he's obviously done something mental. Yeah. But he never, he wasn't a murderer. He was um, an accessory. Oh. So he was the driver. Mm. She better watch herself. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to hear about that. I would. I always sometimes think I'd like to write to, to prisoners. Oh, um, what the hell? Well, well, maybe if they were just in for something like Stuart. Not, not to talk to them, but mm-hmm. to ask them something. Or to wind them up, see if they did something terrible. I always think, how good would it be to send a message and just say like the worst things possible that you Aye. know would have them going mental? Mm-hmm. I like, just have them going insane. How annoying is that big bang? Sorry if you I had know. a big bang outside. There's people working outside. Rude. Never record them. Uh, just as we round up, oh, fucking hell, that's a piss take. That. Ah, they're just annoying us now, aren't they? Car giggling away. Um, why do you think people are fascinated? with these types of crimes I've got my thoughts but I'm keen when on when I was younger I used to find it really weird and I was like am I a killer like <laughs> what's wrong with me have I got it in me I was like am I a murderer but um, I don't even know like I just don't know why we're so fascinated by it but because it's obviously it's horrible the things they do is disgusting it's inhumane it's no normal yet we're drawn to it we're so drawn to it and the the, f- the whole thing that fascinates me the most personally is their brain is like their brain their thought process everything Aye, how does it work yeah the psychological side of it like all of that um, I, I think there's the abnormal aspect that it's just something that never ever 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 happens nobody ever does it so when something pure mental happens you're just so like massive. you're mm-hmm. fixated on it because I always find myself being pure drawn in um, I would love to go along with the police Oh, like, how amazing would that be? Their, did you watch that thing I said to you yet? No. They beat me in the murder case. No, no, so, no, like, no I need to do that. Yeah. A murder took place in Renfrew mm. and the cameras basically followed the police as they did their whole investigation and catch the guy and get him convicted and you're like, wow. I um, would love to just have a wee, you know how you do the working experience in school? Aye. Damn it, I wish I patched that hairdresser and went with the police. I know. It's just so interesting and I'm always blown away mm-hmm. by their capabilities and sophistication yeah. of their, their, their methods because yeah. it's just like you know the thing that like literally if it is like how obviously there must be so much like therapy and training and all that mm-hmm. but like this is their everyday job do you know what I mean this is what they do for a living and they need to go and look at dead bodies and they need to they, they need to tell the families that they found they found their lo- they, they found their loved ones and that is like that is a job within itself that is a job within itself is telling the families I've just found such and such um, so they are literally like just doing the impossible do you know what I mean I've got a feeling that if you or I or any sort of member of the public was to go and work even as a firefighter or in police or paramedics or whatever oh, that we would be like you'd need to pay me at least a quarter of a million a year mm. for the stress that comes mm-hmm. with it with these people yeah, just th- going this is it. the thing that I've always said right literally for as long as I can remember I don't get the thing about I know you're a pure football fan but see like sports they get paid daft money for entertainment but such as like doctors and surgeons and people saving lives they don't even get paid near enough as what people in the entertainment business do and it's quite sad it's scary do you know what I mean like especially like you've just said these people that are having to find dead bodies and firefighters and that they should get put on a good wage for everything that comes with it I, I definitely think they should earn more uh, they should get a, a, mm-hmm. a wage increase I think 100%. it is a sad indictment mm-hmm. of society that that's where the uh, majority of money goes however I would <coughs> sort of counteract that or caveat that 
counterbalance that by saying foot sport, um, music, film or whatever, it's private enterprise. Mm-hmm. And while they get paid huge amounts, yeah. the amount and profit that is made is exponentially larger. Like it's it's just almost inconceivably more. Mm-hmm. And I think that because let's just say if it's football, for example, there's maybe a couple of hundred people on the entire planet that mm-hmm. are capable of doing that. Therefore, yeah. their skill set is highly in demand. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who generate the money and so on. Same with like films and golf and stuff. You look at it and you go, that's pretty fucking shady, but. It's just the way it is, but mm-hmm. they should definitely be paid more. I couldn't do it with the stress that you get. Mm-mm. I couldn't do it. I like my life to be too simple. And uh, I don't think I would be able to cope. I, I think get... even doing it for a week, I'd be in a, I'd be in a loony bin or something. I, well, I, 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 I genuinely, if I did it for a week and had a bad luck with the stuff I was called to, I'd be in therapy for years. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, like... You wouldn't be able to go to sleep because you'd all you'd do is picture that mm. scene that you've went out to. Do you know what I mean? Like you would every time you close your eyes, that's all you'd see. I know, and it's so traumatic. Yet we mm. want to sit down regularly and talk about uh-huh. these cases. But that's happened. That happened. What other cases do you have? You got in mind that either I've got. Can't think off the top of my head, but I've seen a few of them. Uh, I've got Kiana. Kiana's a girl who is working at with me, mm-hmm. um, and we've discussed it as well. And she's going to be looking for she's going to be working as a producer and she's going to be looking for some cases yeah. that we can sort of dive mm-hmm. into um if you have got any you listening that you would like to hear let us know i feel like ones if they were very recent probably not mm, if they're very local and very recent yeah. for example the murder that took place in the island of rossi in the mm-hmm. summer of 2018 Probably not want to touch at this point because it's very, very mm. raw and awful. And there's only other one I can think of recent, which is the one I had to take down. Yeah. So I can't touch on that. We'll get some. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this. Thanks to you for coming in. Thank you so much this for having me. This has been fun. I, really, I have really enjoyed it. I've never done anything like I've this. never done anything, like, even just speaking to a mate. Uh, mines I mean? are all like interviews. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to give. Just a chill out. And, and ask questions and also... I don't know, just consider and see what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be back with more. Uh, if you do have a shout for any cases, then let us know. Thanks for listening. Blethered was written, recorded, and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post production by Brian McAlpine. And for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series, including Talk Media, You Could Start a Fight in an Empty House, Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug, and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.